Welcome to episode 4 of Companions of the Perception Check. Today we're going to be discussing The Cleric. Tonight I'm joined by... Seth Colgrove. And Daphne Ruff. Welcome guys. So tonight we're going with... Uh, going over The Cleric. It seems throughout D&D from 2nd edition on, The Cleric has been the party healer. Uh, going through where other classes can slightly heal or buff themselves if you need to keep your team moving strong the the clerics the guys to keep up and cast the spells for it would you all agree Absolutely. I'd agree um, also the cleric has been very um, versatile throughout the history of D&D but healers a big part of it but they're They've also had some very nice offensive spells as well. Well, if you go through the the evolution of the cleric here, starting with second uh, edition AD and D, the the cleric is a subclass there of the priest, and and that one it actually explicitly had you choose a deity to support, and yeah, it did work in the the AD&D idea or the second edition idea of building forts and followers because you were able to build a church to your deity and pull level zero warriors to fight on your behalf um yeah the one thing about second edition was it was with every um class you you very much had a huge impact on the game world that was not always uh, in other editions of the game is clearly um, that that could be problematic but it, it was it gave the cleric a nice place in the world also there, there are also listings in AD&D second edition that some some of the clerics were not armed they were closer to, to priests making them similar to just pure spellcasters such as a a wizard or a sorcerer or that that like and when we get to the fifth edition thing some of that is still there um, not so much but some uh some clerics really do specialize in spellcasting while others are more weapon focused i for one always like my cleric to be armed to the teeth that that does help when when our party goes in. Of course, our parties tend to be more of smash first, talk later. Yeah. Also, in in second edition, the the spells are limit. It's it's the the spells were different, and in second edition, your deity tended to dis define what spells you could learn. They were called spheres, I believe. There were eight, I think, in all. The thing was, though, if you actually read the spell compendium in, uh, in the player's handbook for second edition, the clerics actually, level for level, got nicer spells than the wizards did. I mean, you didn't get access to as many, but well, the they were there. Uh, the, I guess the argument could be made that clerics were a, 
a direct link to the deities. To an extent, they're probably like hands of God, a hand, uh, hand of the God. To an extent, yeah, I could see that. I would say so. And what I found next is, is all the clerics had the ability to, if they were a good aligned cleric or, or clerics of of a quote good god. They could rebuke or even turn undead, but if they were evil clerics or clerics of an evil deity, they could bind or bind the undead to them and control them directly. Neither of these things are, are evil or easy, not evil. Well, I guess if you're going to bind undead to you, that could be I considered feel like evil. Binding evil to yourself is probably evil. Yeah. Yeah. They they had a lot more um, alignment specific powers way back. Then. Um, and you still got that for a while. But like for example, again we've already talked about it. It's for wizards being a good necromancer is something you can conceivably do now. That wasn't always the case. All right. Well, let's let's move on to to third or, or three point five edition. Uh, in in three point five, the the cleric gets its own class. It's no longer just a, a subclass. Um, although they must the it, it changed. You don't exact. You you don't have to choose a deity. You could actually be a, a non-deity cleric, but you have to choose an alignment. And you could, game-wise, transgress your deity or move so far out of your alignment, you do lose your power until you atone. Um, yeah. This is sort of like uh, many of the other alignment restrictions for early for 3.5 for example you had to be lawful to be a monk or you had to be one of the alignments that was partially neutral to have druid power whereas now they're just kind of recommendations and once again the in, in 3.5 you could rebuke or turn undead or bind and control if you're good or evil uh, yeah so, Zach, tell, tell us about 4th edition. What about clerics in 4th edition? Well, class theory sort of changed in 4th edition. Um, largely, uh, there were different power sources, divine, arcane, martial, primal, and psychic were some of the big ones, or psionic. Well, and there were also four roles, leader, controller, striker, and defender. Now, clerics were the divine leaders. Now, leaders were all about healing and party support. They had some of the lowest uh, damage output, I think, of any of the four roles. But the thing about the roles was, although every class had them, um, 
every class had a role, and everything tagged some stuff that made them somewhat unique. Um, the cleric, for example, was the most direct, straight-out healer. Um, in many ways, it wasn't effectively different from things like um, the warlord, the bard, the shaman, or the ardent, which was a psionic class based on emotion. Um, and even as the uh, fourth edition progressed, it didn't, at the end, it wasn't even the only divine leader. There was also the rune priest. Well, they still did stuff differently. You didn't even need a cleric in your party anymore, and it didn't really do anything that you couldn't accomplish with a bard or warlord or any of the other. <coughs> it had the most direct... It was probably the most direct healer, but it still... It still lacked a lot of uniqueness, as many classes did in that... Uh, in that edition. However, all the old sorts of alignment restrictions were largely gone. That was one thing 4th edition did that most of 5th edition still followed. For example, 4th edition was the first one where you could be an evil paladin. An evil actual paladin and not something close. It look. It sounds like fourth edition clerics were, I guess, in in many ways, moving between extremes. Yeah. And that that leads us up to to the fifth edition, where one where still the clerics are their own class. Um, and much like third edition, and I'm guessing. Fourth, but correct me if I'm wrong. You do not directly have to choose a deity, but actually, in fifth, it's, it's higher up in the uh, in the in the description, not really with the others. But you are supposed to choose a deity. Well, it, it the the way they describe it is you don't have to have a deity, but it really adds a lot of flavor to it. Um, it, it does help inform your domain choice as well, or vice versa. Yeah, because so, they even have all those nice tables in the back with God, what they're the God of, their symbol, and mm -hmm. and and they it, alignment and what their and recommended domain. Yeah, and you can they they do recommend as well that you you choose. Or, or you find some sort of religious order that goes with your deity to to give your quest, you know, that realistic taste. You know, you're not just a, a cleric out slaughtering lizard folk like ours tend to be, but you're out there for an actual reason. So wait, there are clerics out there that don't just go around slaughtering lizard folk? I'm confused. There, there are. We need to get you to church, sir. <laughs> there are, but they don't tend to fall into our parties. <laughs> Ours tend to attract the lizard folk slaughtering kind. So that brings us on to domains. They had domains in 3.5 as well, but 
this is it's a mandatory part of clerics. This is basically what the cleric subclass is. Rather than just being a, a subclass of priest, your domain is the subclass of cleric. Um, yeah. So you're going through through going through the domains, you 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 have the, the knowledge domain which is which are the the gods of knowledge and it and you're look looking to increase your knowledge that that tends to be your your driving force um, and what makes it different is that your first level your uh, your initial proficiency is in two additional languages rather than yeah. skills in uh, armor or weaponry. And, yeah. But at second level you get your channel divinity, the knowledge of ages where you can choose... This goes along with the turn undead uh, cleric ability. Uh, but, but yeah, channel divinity is a big part of cleric. Mm -hmm. And you can use your channel divinity skill to become proficient for for ten game minutes with a, a skill or tool, which could yeah. be useful if you use it at the start of combat to become proficient in a large weapon that you just happen to be carrying, or carry for, or yeah. just carry for that purpose. Although at level yeah. six, well, well, a tool a tool doesn't count as a weapon, I and mean, a weapon doesn't count as a tool. It would be something more like thieves' tools or um, an or a forger's kit or something. Still, extremely useful, but an axe, like an axe, doesn't count. I would argue that a giant axe is a tool. You just cut down the tree to crush the monster. Yeah. And I believe a p a people in your opposition would argue that you're a tool, but <laughs> <laughs> although the the knowledge domain at level six gives you the ability to read a creature's thoughts um, and can command it, uh, which uh, which I like the end. I like end the effect at all, and it automatically fails against the suggestion spell. That's nice. And that did and, seem rather yeah. handy. Yeah. Which is why Zach will not allow us to have a knowledge domain cleric in our party ever. Oh, is that real? I didn't know that rule. Well, it, we can break the game way too often once we hit level 6. <laughs> you can only use it once or a few times a day, depending on what level you are after that. And it's cut down to zero up until level 19, once at 19, and once every 12 hours game time at 20 with Zach. Because he's gone through this before. <laughs> Although it is, at level 8 with the in the knowledge domain, you do get to add your wisdom modifier to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. 
which as we know yeah, most level, the most level features uh, that you get from these various cleric domains are usually either empowering your spells or empowering your weapons in some way it also kind of is what I was talking about some clerics specialize in spells while others are more weapon this is definitely a more spell focused um, cleric and all clerics are big spell casters but some like if you're like a, a war domain or something a lot of them get nice armor or good weapons Yeah, and and working from that, at level 17, you get visions of the past where you are able to either, after concentrating on a either an object or an area, see things about it. With an object, you can see how it was lost by an owner, its past, or you can look through or you can uh, see visions of recent events in your immediate vicinity say up to a 50, 50 foot cube from where you're at uh, which could that help. would be great if you were running a mystery adventure although I'm not sure how much you would be doing with that at high level well it it, it could it, I, I could see it being useful if you're searching for say uh, a hidden door yeah see if someone used it see if someone used it or even perhaps even if there's an ambush happening I would think it would also be fairly useful if you had gotten yourself off course and had such an object you would be able to uh, possibly find your way back not that we tend to drift off course at times but <laughs> So moving on, we, we have the, the life domain, which is, I gotta say, this is your, this is your healing cleric. Um, Definitely. It, it can cure what else you. Yeah, it, it, it can. Um, it's proficiency in heavy armor, so it can stand on its own in a, in a fight, and... Uh, uh, you, you also get uh, the Disciple of Life feature where your healing spells do 2 plus the spell's level when casting a healing, healing spell of first level or higher. Uh, so if it heals 2d4 plus 1... HP for your healing spell at level 1, it now will do 2d4 plus 4, as I understand it. Um, and at second level, you can channel divinity to preserve life. Um, and so you you're restore uh, hit points equal to five times your cleric level and divide that among any creatures within 30 feet of you. Um, 
but of course you can't. But you can't raise them up to have health. Um, it's yeah. still actually an incredibly good ability, especially at higher levels. It's at higher levels, and by gum, if if you need to get if you need to get somebody who's close to death up at least up to their half health hit points. Yeah. Um, and then at sixth level, you get blessed healer. Um, you you start to you regain hit points equals equal to two plus the spells level um, when you heal someone else. Although at eight, eighth level, you start to be able to defend yourself a little better by getting to fine strike, where you can deal one where you deal one d eight. Um, radiant damage to the target as, as well as or on top of your weapon damage and at 14th level that goes to 2d8 and at 17th level um, you, uh, you just get to have max when you yeah you so, yeah supreme healing where it just heals the max huh I, I didn't actually see that in the the light domain, it has the silver flame, which I know is from Eberron, though I haven't seen yeah. seen that in the realms. Um, and you get an extra light cantrip uh, at level one, and uh, you can actually cause when you're attacked, starting at level one. You can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll, um, but it doesn't work if the attacker can't be blinded. Although you can, yeah. you, you can use that equal to the number of your number of times um, to your, equal to your. But do you think that modifier. looks more like a strobe light or a camera flash when you do it? So I would say camera flash. That's how I see yeah, it. I would agree. When I uh, when I read this about the warding flare, it, it seemed I I was just taken aback by it because it just seems like an, such an underhanded trick for a cleric. I know they're not all good new, entirely, but it just seemed so underhanded and sneaky. I don't know that it, it, it's a protective. It's definitely a protective. So I wouldn't see it completely as underhanded. But uh, then at second level, you get Radiance of Dawn through Channel Divinity. Um, and that harnesses the sunlight, banishing darkness, and deals radiant damage. Which I could say, in our gift campaign, we probably could have used. Um, and a creature takes radiant damage, 2d10 plus your cleric level on a failed so throw, on a failed constitution saving throw or half as much on a successful one. Um, although at 6th level you get an improved flare um, w improved warding flare. He when it got so much flare. Yes. Um, uh, you can also which allows you to use your warding flare 
if so, if a creature within 30 feet attacks someone other than you. Uh, eight, eighth level, you add your wisdom modifier to uh, damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. And at 17th level, you activate an aura of sunlight that lasts one minute or until you dismiss it. Uh, 60 foot uh, radius of bright light up to 30 feet beyond that. And enemies have disadvantage on saving throws against fire or radiant damage. I mean, overall it sounds like a, uh, a balance between offensive and defensive magic for a light domain cleric. Yeah. Shall we go to the nature domain? Yes, sir. And we go on to the next... Uh, nature domain seems more of a I don't know the the nature domain seems like druid light so except these guys get heavy armor yeah but they don't get shape-shifting um, yeah as an acrylite in nature with in the do nature domain you can you get a proficiency in animal handling, nature, or survival. You also get a proficiency in heavy armor. Then at second level, you can channel the divinity to charm animals and plants. Why you would want to why you would want to charm a, a stalk of corn is beyond me, but I guess you can. Hey, hey, Shambler's almost killed you, dude. I was gonna Might say, plant, to make plants have not only attacked us, but they've nearly killed us before. That was only because our cleric was sitting there in her uh, chaotic mean state trying to purify the place instead of healing us. Um, but at 6th level, you can... Uh, grant resistance or it's called dampen elements and you can uh, if one of your allies is hit with acid, cold, fire, lightning or thunder damage you can grant them resistance to that damage at 8th level I'll just say sorry. 8th level you get empowered strikes and this is probably my favorite favorite version of because it is so adaptable. Yeah, at 8th level you can infuse your weapon with divine energy that uh, deals 1d8 of cold, fire, or lightning damage. Or 2d8 when you hit 14th level. And, which is great because you can it you, you can do it once per turn, which would allow you to experiment if you didn't know something was, say, resistant to cold. Yeah. And at 17, um, you become a master of nature, whereby when you charm a plant or animals, you can take a bonus action to command each of those creatures on what it will do in its next turn. an armor army of swamp thing 
Swamp Thing already has an army of Swamp Things. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but who? But, that, uh, but which side would win? Swamp Thing's army or the cleric's army? Well, it depends. Does the cleric have Squishy and Ted? <laughs> hmm. It's up to the because DM. I, I feel like whoever has Squishy and Ted's at a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, moving on, we've got the Tempest Domain, which... We move on to the Tempest Domain? Yeah. The the Tempest Domain, I find very interesting. Uh, moving on to the Tempest Domain, I find it very interesting. Uh, mostly because it seems to be a way to merge the classical mage with a cleric. With your... Yeah, actually like for the... Uh, I'll tell you, most of the gods in that list of examples are evil ones. Um, Umberly is literally called the Vich Queen of the Ocean. Um, that's official canon. Um, and the Devourer is the malevolent uh, ocean slash nature god of Eberron. Sounds like a friendly bunch. Yeah. Yeah, most of the... There's a huge number of just... Not all of them, but a huge number in that list of examples of evil... Um, e this is sort of uh, the evil side of nature god. Not the not the benevolent. I grant you the ability to water your crops and live, but you stepped in my ocean. I'm gonna crush you. Basically, lots of smiting in this group. Yeah, sounds like a good time. Um, and they tend to be more. I don't know, you, you get your bonus proficiencies with martial weapon and heavy armor. And... Yeah. You can... Uh, you also get at first level Wrath of the Storm, which allows you to force a creature that attacks you to take 2d8 lightning or thunder damage um, after they make a dexterity saving throw. They're not grounded. <laughs> and, and of course, you can do the higher you can do this the number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, and regain all all times to or replenish after a long rest. Um, and level two, you get to channel divinity destructive wrath where when you roll lightning or thunder damage, you use your channel divinity to deal maximum damage instead of rolling. Yeah. And Which would be a tremendous help to us with our rolling skills. Yeah, it would. Um, and at level 6, uh, when you deal lightning damage to a large or small creature, you can push it 10 feet away from you. Level 8, you get to infuse your weapon with divine energy and deal an extra 1d8 thunder damage 
and at 14th level 2d8 which by this point it's an extra 8 or 16 based on your destructive wrath um, yeah and at 17 at 17th level you get flying speed equal to your walking speed when you're not underground or indoors so you get to fly yeah, at 17, you can fly. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> and moving on, we move to the trickery domain. I just love the bonus spell each I get. Well, you get, uh... I mean... Like what? Well, I mean, mirror image. Uh, I think they get suggested they get charm person. They get blink. Lots of, lots of the kind of spells I, I think are just fun to cast. Well, when you, uh, you see, you get Blessing of the Trickster, and you can touch a willing creature other than yourself to give it advantage on stealth checks. Um, at level two, you get your channel divinities invoke duplicity that creates a perfect illusion of yourself. Um, and you could force it to, and you can move up to 30 feet, um, but must remain 120 feet with you. Uh, and you can cast spell. Here's the thing. You can cast spells as if you were in the illusion space. Um, yeah. And if you're within five te feet of a creature that can see the illusion and yourself, uh, you gain advantage on attack rolls. Um, you, can basically rogue, you can basically rogue with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> At sixth level, you can vanish using your cloak of using cloak of shadows channel divinity, um, which can be very helpful in moving around. Um, at 8th level, you your Divine Strike infuses your weapons with poison for 1d8 at 8th level and 2d8 at 14th. And at 17th level, you create four duplicates instead of one. When you use, uh, when you use duplicity. When you use duplicity. <laughs> you know, because if one clone isn't good enough, four is better. If one is good, you four can, must well, be better. You can, hide, you, can hide, you can hide while you do bar, while your four clones do barbershop quartet. No. Well, that is just a fantastic idea. <laughs> well, if we're gonna if we're gonna cause creatures to get angry at us, let's do it the right way by getting a barbershop quartet going. Uh, moving on to the last domain in the player's handbook, we have the war domain. Which I see as a m less healing, more... I would say the war domain tends to start bordering on Paladin. Yeah. And don't they get uh, Flame Strike as one of their higher-end bonus spells? If they do, that, that's all that needs to be said about what kind of spells they use. Yeah, at ninth level they get Flame Strike. Yeah, and that's an extremely powerful spell. Well, they also get um, 
I mean, they, they get uh, at second level, they get a plus 10 bonuses to attack rolls. Um, but they're channel divinity thing, right? Yeah, channel divinity. I mean, they're proficient in martial weapons and heavy armor. Um, they also get the they also get um, they also we need to tell Michael about this one that they uh, they get the ability to make a second attack using their bonus action up to their wisdom modifier amount of time um, it's war priest yeah war priest uh, and at 17th level I mean, they get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. Yeah. So, so basically, clear resistance to attack. <laughs> For a lot, but you know, if you're if you go up against another another uh, cleric who can infuse its his uh, weapon with mat with magic. Also, that, a whole lot of stuff magical by then. Yeah. I mean, like, you fight a devil, then it, they pretty much say all their weapons are magical at this point. Like, at this point, you'd be fighting stuff of that strength. Okay, so let's move on here to the Dungeon Master's Guide with the Death Domain. It's a, a villainous class specifically designed for NPCs, but I can see it if you wanted to play an evil cleric, the death domain. Um, you gain proficiency in martial weapons. At first level, you learn one necromancy cantrip. Um, on top of that, uh, it's the reaper. Would you like to target extra people with necromancy cantrips if they're close? Yeah. At, at level one, you can target two within five who are within range and five feet of each other at second level your channel divinity is touch of death um, it deals an does uh, extra necrotic damage which is five plus twice the cleric level at sixth level you ignore your cleric spells and channel divinity ignore resistance to necrotic damage at eighth level you can infuse your weapon with 1d8 necrotic damage, and at 14th, 2d8 necrotic damage. And at 17th level, when you cast a necromancy spell of 1st through 5th level, um, uh, you can then... That, that targets one creature, you can then spread it to two. Yeah. So this is... I, I don't know, it seems the... It seems all the clerics tend to be healer pluses. I know they're they're kind of designed to command on the battlefield, but they tend to be you know the the death domains a healer plus necromancer. Yeah. And you got your allies coming and your enemies going. Yep. Now moving from now moving from the dungeon master's guide to the Sword Coast Adventure, we have the Arcana Domain. You get two ca cantrips from the wizard spell list. Uh, yeah. And these cantrips, although wizard, count as cleric. 
Yeah. And your channel divinity at second level is arcane abjuration. Basically, uh, basically, with uh, except that it does uh, vanishment at level five. It's basically um, turn undead, but you can do it to elementals, teams, celestials, and fae too. And then at sixth level, you get spellbreaker. Uh, you can end one spell of your choice on that creature. I'm not sure what this does. It says when you when you restore hit points to an ally with a spell of first level or higher, you can also end one spell of your choice on that creature. Yeah. So if you cast a third level, if you cast something at third level that restores hit points. If someone has a third level spell or lower cast on them, you can end it. Ah, uh, okay. Like if someone's charmed or or under some effect that causes them to be afraid magically or something like that, you can end it. Okay. And then at eighth level, you add your wisdom modifier to the cleric cantrip, and at seven. Wow! And uh, wow, the Arcano domain is spell focused. Who would have guessed? <laughs> And at 17th level, you get four spells from the wizard list. One from 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, and add them to your list of domain spells. Always prepare. They're always, and they're prepared, always prepared. And counted as cleric spells. And that, gentlemen, are all the different clerics that they have so far. Just a just a brief honorable mention from the Unearthed Arcana from over a year ago when they were doing Modern Magic. Uh-huh. Just something that would be great for a cleric. There's one cleric from the city domain that gets to use sidearms. Awesome. <laughs> it, it sounds like, um, oh my gosh. I know there's a comic book hero that's that um is basically a, a pre is it the preacher? Does he go around with a gun? He does sometimes. He shoots a lot of people. So the D and D version of the preacher. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. I'd like to thank Zach and Seth for joining me, and we will talk to you next time on Companions of the Perception Check. I would like to thank all of our guests, as well as bensound.com for our music, Extreme Action. You can find them at bensound.com, as well as visit us at companionsofperception.net.